Hi and welcome to the Highbury Hangout Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking all about Arsenal's 3-1 victory over Man United in the WSL. We'll also be talking all things international break and, of course, covering all the important updates. So, Jonas Eidevall made two changes to the side that lined up in the Conti Cup quarterfinal against London City Lionesses. That was Sabrina D'Angelo in goal and Beth Mead on the wing. Williamson and Amanda Elastet were unavailable. We kind of knew this about Lee Williamson already to an extent um she's now also had to withdraw very sadly from the lionesses camp the friendlies they're having at the minute Amanda elastet so that was a for leah that is a hamstring injury Amanda elastet is an illness we were very much thinking that she was going to be available for this game after missing out but she's also had to pull out of the current sweden camp that's going on at the minute so that's super concerning so leah kadina got her first wsl start since october which was actually the last time arsenal played man united obviously that was away with that very tense draw so it was a sold out emirates which is so cool uh, man united pounced super early on and i was like mm this is not looking good well it's not feeling good but i would say that arsenal definitely kept their composure and the game plan really well but nikita paris was definitely after a goal like very intensely um obviously we've seen her score at the emirates both for us and against us tragically um but yeah it was it was very nervy in the opening minutes i will say so arsenal definitely kept the killer composure but the breakthrough actually came for arsenal just 10 minutes in after all that like kind of franticness and that was with a set piece so as usual kate mccabe delivered a solid corner but it was ultimately an own goal that saw arsenal get on the score sheet first and then i think that really helped calm the game down for arsenal anyway Mead and Lacasse on the wings actually looked really, really promising. I really enjoyed seeing that happening. And then around the half hour mark, Mead curled a pass down the line to a rapid Victoria Pullover. And then that was able to be like zipped past Katie's Ellum and she assisted a Lacasse goal. The next big thing to happen in the game was definitely Kim Little's penalty. She is now the most, has the most converted penalties in WSL history with 19. I mean, when Kim goes up to the penalty spot, there's essentially no doubt in anyone's mind that it's basically going to be a goal. In the second half, Kate McCabe and Stina Blackstenius definitely had some solid chances, and I think Stina's um, hold-up play was super, super important and really impressive. But overall, I would say the second half was more about controlling. Obviously, we did let the final goal in from Garcia. I personally just think that was a lack of concentration. I feel like we let the game leave us a little bit but overall an impressive show of composure and a really vital win i would say it was probably a it was a must-win game so as i said we now head into the international break so we've got a little bit of time off next up for arsenal is the north london derby always an important occasion but especially because of the scoreline last time away um that's at the emirates so hopefully we can get another sellout maybe um how the wsl table looks is now really really interesting especially considering that obviously city beat chelsea that was crazy for the title race so chelsea and city have 34 points and arsenal have 31 points it's all really really close goal difference city and chelsea are on the same we're a little bit further behind but definitely really interesting now especially considering that Arsenal still need to play City and Chelsea although they are away which obviously can be a really big factor I think it's really difficult because I think 
yeah, on paper, obviously three points isn't a lot, but it's a really, sh the WSL is such a short season, it's difficult to compare, especially if you're coming into football from like a Premier League or something like that perspective, obviously because there's just so few games, and also that stat of like no team's ever won the WSL after three or more losses, like it looms over people 100%, but do we dare to dream? I don't know, let me know what you're thinking, Gunas. So, I think what the game against United showed was that at our best, Arsenal are intense and aggressive out of possession. They have an ability to make the pitch small and really force a high rate of turnovers from the other team. In possession, they can stretch the pitch with quick switches of play and like enlarge the game to exploit space. However, we're just not consistently enough clinical in front of goal. Even in the United game when we won, it should be positives. I do think there was a few opportunities from various players. I don't think it's like one player-specific issue. I think it's in general. Um, but overall, obviously positive. And I think where the biggest issue for us has been is obviously the low blocks, which I think is really interesting because I think even if you're not a fan of like men's football or Arsenal men's team I think it's so interesting that both teams at Arsenal seem to have the same issue like issues against the low block but really important set piece performances from them both I just I think it's maybe interesting um so actually Arsenal have the best expected goals difference with a 1.62 in the league followed by Chelsea who have 1.50 and Man City who have 1.12 so this is obviously the measurement of the quality of the chances created and conceded per 90 minutes and you're probably thinking okay well that's like all well and good but we're still third and I do agree at the end of the day that's what people remember from the season but I think if you look at these sorts of stats what you see is the process that's evolving at Arsenal and Jonas himself has said that he doesn't think Arsenal are at their full heights of their potential yet and that there is still more to go Jonas himself has described this as an exciting process and he's also spoken a lot about the steps that they're all taking and he's also agreed that he wants to make Leslie Russo from say like a 10 goal a season striker to a 20 goal a season striker so I definitely think there are plans in place and it's really interesting but obviously um a lot of this has been like the relationships and how quickly you can reintegrate these players because we've had a huge turnover in the transfer windows but then also you've got these world-class players coming back from injury and I think people do kind of misunderstand how difficult that is so obviously it's all positive but it's also really difficult. Obviously relationship wise we've spoken a lot on the podcast as well about say Viv and Russo versus Stina and like Frida but then in this game I thought it was really interesting because we got Lacasse and Stina and then also like Beth Mead with on the wing I think was really important so it is really interesting to see the just the huge amount of depth and options that Jonas has. Looking at the lineup as well I think some people thought it was a bit rogue to have Sabrina Angelo in goal but actually if you cash your mind back she's had her first ever game against Manchester United away so I don't think that's a coincidence and I think Idaval clearly set up a team that would find and manipulate space behind United's back line so even if we're not talking about simply how the goals were produced even if we're looking at say like the third goal so how they secured the penalty let's like break that down as an example 
So we had lots of Ubermoy hit a diagonal pass to Lacasse, and then Catley made this run, which takes Jace away from United's defence, basically, which is really important. And also, this is a great example of how, like, the off-the-ball work of a lot of our players. I think Steph had an amazing game in that regard, specifically. And then... In all fairness, Blundell had been on a yellow, so I do think she was maybe holding back a little bit because obviously she doesn't want the red. Um, so there was definitely some exercising of restraint, but even with that, I would say that Chloe Lacasse is pacier and that showed, so then Blundell wasn't able to get like super tight to her and I think that all really kind of led to the penalty and the issue that they had, that United had. Looking briefly at Manchester United, I was actually really surprised by the lineup. Like, I would have assumed that Lad would be put next to Zellum and then kind of have their, her, like, protect Gemma Evans a little bit. Because although she is an impressive player, she is essentially like a backup centre half. So I do think that Arsenal set up really well and executed the game plan really well and stuck to it. Like, their communication was really solid. But in other aspects, I do feel like United played into Arsenal's hands but now that we've covered the game let's talk about international breaks so I'm going to do a roundup of where everyone's heading and what everyone is up to like where you can watch them so first off with USA Emily Fox I was slightly worried to be playing without her but I honestly think we did quite well but I'm definitely looking forward to having her back in the side so she's off at the Gold Cup with the USA they've actually already beat the Dominican Republic 5-0 which is pretty intense um, they're also going to face Argentina and Mexico for a spot in the knockouts USA are the hosts and also one of the favourites in the competition no surprise Canada with Sabrina D'Angelo and Chloe Lacasse. They're in Group C of the Gold Cup. So they're going to first face Costa Rica, Paraguay and El Salvador. Moving a bit closer to home in Europe, Miedemar and Palova will face Lea Cadena, Spain with the Netherlands in the semi-final of the UEFA Women's Nations League. And then the winner of that will head to the final with a place at the Olympics secured. Although... Even with a loss, because France have already qualified, if France beat Germany in the other semi-final, uh, the winner of the third place playoff could still qualify for the Olympics. So, mm, it depends. Germany have had some interesting results as of late, so it could be interesting. I think that would be a good game. Sweden and Norway are also in Nations League action, so Frieda Mornum's Norway head to Croatia on February 23rd before the second leg back home in Norway on the 27th. Stina Blacksonis's Sweden face Bosnia-Herzegovina in a two-leg relegation promotion style match. Um, obviously, we normally have a lot more Swedes away, but Lena Hertig has that back injury, and as I said, Amanda Ilistet is away with illness. Australia with Kyra Cooney-Cross, Steph Catley and Caitlin Ford face Uzbekistan in a two-game um, situation and a win for them would see them secure a spot at the Olympics. That's looking very, very likely, I would say. England, who have not qualified for the Olympics, they've obviously missed out on the opportunity now, have friendlies out in Spain. So Mead, Russo and Lotte Vubamoy all involved. Leah Williamson also called up, but she's now been replaced by Millie Turner of United. Um, they will also meet Manu Zinsberger's Austria, and then Austria will then go on to play Katrina Kuhl's Denmark. As always, we also have lots of captains in action, so Leah Volti will captain Switzerland against Poland twice, Kate McCabe captains Ireland in some friendlies against Italy and Wales. And it doesn't end there, 
Arsenal even have some youngsters in action this week. So Vivian Leah, who has now made her debut, has been called up for the England under-19s alongside Michelle Ajlang and Maddie Earl. They will face France and Norway in their relevant age groups. So interestingly, Katie Reid was also called up, but she's had to pull out. This, in the last few days, she's also been recalled by Arsenal on loan. She was on loan with um, Michelle Ajwang and the, the rest of the gang at Watford. But now she's been brought back for cover because obviously Leah has the hamstring and Amanda is ill. So definitely interesting to see. And then in other news, obviously we have uh, Lost Jambiti to BFC. She's actually scored. They had a friendly against San Diego Wave. So she is, I mean, hopefully, clearly settling in quite well. And while we, I may as well have news, a new section on former Arsenal players, apparently. I only bring this up, I don't normally bring it up, but Jordan Nobbs scored against Spurs and she did a Thierry Henry-style celebration, which I was kind of obsessed with. But that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back after the international break. Let's all keep our fingers crossed for a healthy and happy return for all of our gunners obviously and also that lot of even more gets her flowers i want to see some minutes from england for her please bye everyone